Welcome to the NZ Sales and Marketing Insider, the podcast where we pull back the curtain and speak to the brains behind sales and marketing activity that has delivered real results. Get inspired and get actionable ideas by hearing what they did and how they did it. Brought to you by me, Ben Rose, along with Gorilla Technology. Welcome to another episode of the NZ Sales and Marketing Insider. I'm your host, Ben Rose, and today we're speaking to Angela Earle, Head of New Business Initiatives, Life and Style at News Publisher Stuff. Just a note, this is recorded from lockdown, so uh, apologies in advance for any uh, sound issues. Angela's well-known in New Zealand media, having been a driving force behind many commercial teams in a range of magazines, such as Cuisine, House and Garden, and then newspapers, and online masthead stuff.co.nz. She's really worked her way up from an entry-level role as Features Executive, spending time at Fairfax in Wellington from 2003 to four, before she joined their Auckland office, where she worked for four years as a retail sales executive, as well as writing and selling for her very own shopping column in the Dominion Post, Out and About with Angela Earle. Angela then spent three years in sales and commercial for NZ magazines, and in 2012, she came back to Fairfax, now called Stuff, where she's played a commercial role across a number of different categories. Working alongside Angela at Stuff, I personally witnessed her sales nous, energy, positivity, and incredible network as it drove the rise and rise of the travel category shortly before COVID decided to make a nuisance of itself. So with all that said, let's hear from Angela herself. Welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. You have to excuse the uh, dog barking in the background. <laughs> um, so, Angela, tell me, what, what are you up to these days? Um, yes, I'm just thinking that your dog barking in the background, isn't that a sign of level four podcasting? Absolutely right. <laughs> oh, good. The more, the merrier. Um, well, firstly, thanks so much for having me along, Ben. I really appreciate it. And hello to everybody out there. Um, I am the head of new business initiatives in our life and style vertical at Stuff. So what that means is that I am responsible for the commercial success of, um, of you know, revenue in this part of our business. Um, and in particular, I'm very interested in um, our life and style section on stuff. If you go to stuff.co.nz and check out the life and style section. Uh, and also, you may be familiar with, uh, in fact, I know, Ben, that you are familiar with Sunday Magazine and the Sunday Star Times. Um, as well as your weekend and the Waikato Times, Post and the Press. And we also have a fabulous midweek lifestyle publication called Life as well. Um, so just a few things on the go. Jesus. Jesus. So <laughs> it, sounds, it sounds to me like you're you're very passionate about the products you sell. And I want to have I want to have a talk about that because because I think it's really clear to anyone who talks to you how much you love the products you sell. But oh, let's just let's talk about um a commercial person inside a news publisher. So what what are your what are your objectives? Um, well, my objectives are making sure that we make money and doing it in a way um, where we have a bit of fun while we're doing it um, and and also in a way that actually adds value to what it is that our readers are reading and viewing and experiencing. Um, obviously, ultimately, I want to make sure that our commercial partners get good return on investment. Um, and if that happens and they come back, so happy days. Win, win, win. So what's a what, what what's a commercial partner? Because for people who don't understand the, the world of media, they might expect that most money is just made from placing ads. So what, what's a commercial partner? 
Um, well, I guess it entirely um, varies depending on what it is that somebody or a brand actually needs to achieve. And, um, you know, it might be a large corporate brand um, that needs to, you know, launch a new product or, to your point, have sort of more typical advertising-led solutions. Or it might be somebody um, that's looking for something quite a lot more integrated, um, which might be a mix of, um, you know, tactical placements, content-led solutions, um, and in some cases as well too, it's, um, you know, looking for ways that we can all sort of share our common values and, and look for collaborations and ways that we can tick a whole lot of boxes together. Um, but ultimately a partnership, I think, is a really closely aligned relationship where we're actively working with brands to make sure that they achieve their goals and do everything that we can to to do that, which is a great pleasure actually. So so is there's, there's a hell of a lot that you that you could do. So there's a lot of ambiguity there. So yeah. how so what's what's the approach that you take to working out what's right for a customer? Just to talk me through that sales process. Yeah, well for me, um, you know, I'm the first thing that I'm looking for are, you know, what who are aligned brands that actually um, tie in with our business. So um, obviously, you know, Stuff Media is a trusted, credible credible brand. So it makes sense to look for, um, you know, advertising and commercial partners in that space. Um, But, you know, essentially, Ben, I'm a massive fan of simply, you know, connecting with people, sitting down with them, really learning everything I possibly can about their business, being prepared with questions um, and taking some time to actually go away and think about what it is um, in terms of all of the um, the tools in our toolbox that we can, you know, place. I know this is sounding ambiguous, but there's honestly a thousand and one possible um, things that people could do. <laughs> um, and, you know, pull together a bit of an action plan so that we can um, help drive the results that that, that company is looking for. So, so when you go and meet with a customer as a salesperson, mm-hmm. um, you you're saying you do you do your homework about their business. Why why is that important? Um, well, I really like to understand a business inside and out, um, but I do have to say that I'm not afraid of asking questions that might otherwise sound a bit stupid. You know, <laughs> like um, I always think, you know. Um, you, you sort of make assumptions about a business from what you read about them or what you might think. But I always ask, you know, as in an in initial meeting, I'm, I always ask the business to sort of share with me their background um, from the ground up um, so that I can really get that clear picture of, of what it is, who they are, where they've been, where they're going and what they need to achieve. And plenty of listening and, and sort of probing with those questions. It's interesting, isn't it? Because look, because lots of salespeople don't do listening and they turn up and they do a lot of talking. Oh, I know. So annoying, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it, is. it, is. it is. Well, look, so so looking back, looking back over your career over over the years, all the different places you've worked at, I'm keen to hear about a couple of I suppose a couple of real wins that you had that you're really proud of and I'd love to hear the stories behind them. Well, um, I, I've had such a great wins, actually, and I love winning. Um, I guess that comes with sort of being a Leo, I think. Um, but um, I, I do have to say that I think my prou- one of my proudest achievements today actually happened last year. 
Um, and it happened in the midst of the travel category, um, you know, in this whole COVID coronavirus, you know, everyone must stop sort of international travel. Yeah. So um, as you pointed out, I think in the opening, I was our travel partnerships director. And that was that that role was responsible for, you know, helping drive growth in that category commercially. Um, and making and it, sure and it was that, madness, wasn't it? I mean, it was just before COVID, you were growing that category just ridiculously. Yeah, I mean, all, all I did was, you know, just I pull a few dots together and connect the dots and, and make things happen. Um, but it was kind of madness. Um, and, you know, God, we had some good times. In fact, I had some good times there with you from memory. Um, yeah, pulling pulling various things together. Um but the travel editor, Tripti Birida, and I, we, we're actually great mates outside of work as well, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and we both have a huge, healthy respect for what each other does. Obviously, she has a massive audience that her and her team are pulling in. And, um, you know, we've been able to commercialise that. Um, but we had actually just finished off a beautiful cruise magazine. Um, and I'm an ex-mags girl, so I love a good glossy. <laughs> and um, yeah, it was complete. We were about to hit it to the hit the go button to the printers, and um, we just sort of thought, "Oh man, this thing's feeling a little bit awkward. Mm-hmm. Um, should we really be telling people to go travelling overseas?" And and actually made the call. You know what? We're going to have to hit the pause button on this thing. Let's just hit the pause button and see what happens. Next minute, the prime minister came out and said. No one go travelling overseas. Oh, oh, <laughs> and, you know, like you said, this was a booming um, vertical for us and it's still to the, this day a very important vertical for us at Stuff. Um, anyway, Tripti and I jumped into a, a tiny meeting room and, and had a bit of a freak out for about five minutes thinking, oh, my God, what the hell's going on here? Um, and we decided, gosh, goodness, you know, if people can't go travelling internationally, then we're really going to need to help support local businesses in New Zealand and encourage Kiwis to get out and um, travel domestically. Um, and we thought, gosh, this thing needs a name. And um, within about 10 minutes, we'd come up with Back Your Backyard. And, um, yeah, I have to give full credit to Tripti and her team. Within 24 hours, they had launched a fantastic domestically geared back-your-backyard section on stuff. Mm. Um, And, you know, she did hit the pause button for a couple of weeks in there, I think, when things escalated to a level four. Yeah. And it just wasn't appropriate to sort of promote all of this travel during that time. Um, but then once the levels came down a little bit, um, away she went and we realised that this was an absolute hit with uh, with our audience. And what actually happened, Ben, is that these operators all across the country rang her up and emailed her team and told them how much of an impact the storytelling had made to their business, things like, because of the content that you've created, I've been able to keep people employed. Or before that article came out, I had two bookings. Now I have 250. Wow. <laughs> and so where we had previously been looking for things like, um, you know, page impressions and views and scroll time, all of that, it was quite emotional in a way that, mm-hmm. you know, the power of the storytelling 
Um, and at the same time, we had been jumping on these back-to-back Zoom calls um, with the likes of Tourism New Zealand and, um, oh, yeah. yeah, and sort of regional tourism boards across the country. And um, we actually ended up forming a task force at Stuff uh, with our product, head of product, and, um, yeah, in the process completely rebranded the travel section on Stuff, the travel content across our papers, um, of which we have nine nine newspapers with travel content in them. And Tripti and I hit the road and we'd met all of the regional tourism boards across the country. And, oh goodness, um, yeah, we, we picked up a lot of, you know, it wasn't like a sales call. It was more of a, hey, this is what we're doing. That's what you're doing. Makes sense for us to connect, doesn't it? <laughs> Let's get together. Of course, I had prepared a presentation. <laughs> Um, learn about their business, present to them what we're doing and what we're up to and where we're going. And um, we actually picked up a lot of briefs from that, took our local sales teams along for the journey. Mm. And, um, yeah, we actually generated a lot of um, incremental new advertising um, business through that period. Um, Tripti kicked some major goals around content and audience engagement and, um, we were actually finalists in the International News Media Awards for Best Idea to Grow Advertising Sales. So, um, yeah, that's that's one of my proudest achievements, not because it actually made money, but because we really helped New Zealand, um, and that, that's something that we hold very, very close to our hearts, so it felt good to make it a sounds, difference. It sounds, it sounds also that, yeah, that, that's the thing, it's making a difference, isn't it? It sounds like you love um, seeing results from your actions. Oh, exactly. I wouldn't be doing this job if if I wasn't interested in that. Um, In fact, I think the biggest thing is that I really care. Um, Mm. And sometimes I think, God, am I caring too much? But, um, you know, I think when you can really help make a positive impact um, to the lives of people, that's that's pretty awesome, actually, isn't it, really? Who doesn't want to do that? Well, but it's interesting because the perception of people in commercial roles and sales roles isn't always a positive one, but they want to make a difference, right? So so tell me, I'm interested to understand what you think about your, your sales role helps you make a difference. Well, I'm obviously I'm always looking for new pathways and opportunities. And, you know, I am a bit of a creative thinker as well, too. So mm. It's quite fun to come up with new innovative ideas and opportunities and, um, and you know, push the boundaries, I guess. And, and I have the um, wonderful flexibility in, in what I do to, to, you know, work somewhere where I'm not afraid to speak up and say what I think um, and to think out loud and to collaborate with some really awesome, creatively minded people. So that's pretty cool, isn't it? You know? How important is it? How important is it to love the product that you sell? Oh, hugely important. You've got to believe in what you're selling. Um, and that's why I like working at Stuff because, you know, it is a, it's a Kiwi-owned, trusted, um, credible news environment um, with people that actually take what they do very seriously. And I think it's hugely important to, to love what you do and to believe in, in what it is that you're talking to people. I don't know how someone can try to sell ice to Eskimos if they don't believe in the ice. <laughs> mm, mm, mm. Yeah, 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 totally. 
Well, okay. So, so we've we've spoken about a win. Let's let's talk about um, from the dark depths of your career. Let's talk about something that didn't go so well. Do you think your approach to sales has changed over the years? Yeah, I mean, I do. I mean, at the heart of everything um, over the years, I've always cared. You know, right from the very beginning. And so I think that that's just fundamentally who I am. Um, and when you sort of understand what your what your values and strengths are, you sort of recognise why you are the way that you are. I'd say that what's changed for me over the years in a positive um, manner is that I've really got deeply connected with what my core strengths are. And I've done quite a lot of work in that space. And so when you actually do that work and realise, oh, wow, I'm a strategist and, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, uh, a relator and all of these things, then you can start to lean more fully into those areas and align everything back into that space. So I think, yeah, I think that's sort of probably the biggest change, just really getting to know who you really are and learn and, um, and go from there. Be confident. You know, certainly the other aspect of my career, and um, in addition to that, is that I've become a heck of a lot more confident as the years have gone on, less afraid of putting out there what I think and um, sharing ideas and giving things a go. Because it, it can be hard, can't it? As a salesperson, you face a lot of rejection, so often people's confidence does take a bit of a knock. Oh, look, it absolutely can do, um, and, and it's a really big challenge. And I think that a lot of people go through life without sort of realising how um, non-confident they are, (laughs) Mm. you know. Um, And it's actually a really good thing to be mindful of and aware of and, and, um, you know, really get centred and think about how it is that you're feeling, how's your body responding to a particular situation and just having and and just actively, um, you know, building that resilience and confidence to get out there and, and put out there what you think. So how, how do you do that when you're, when you're say, cold calling? How do you get yourself in the right mindset to get in touch with someone you've never spoken to before? Well, uh, yes, I have done a lot of cold calling over the years, especially <laughs> early on. And, God, I remember feeling nervous back in the day in my <laughs> early hard. 20s. Oh, it was so hard. I remember one of my sales managers at the Dominion Post back in, you know, 2003 or whatever it was, said, write down your script, you know. Um, mm. And... <laughs> I don't sort of do that these days, but what I do do is have a set of pre-prepared questions or a bit of a, a sizzle reel about why we should actually connect and be in touch. And it comes back to what I was saying earlier, that if you genuinely believe that your brand is well aligned with that person's brand and business, then why wouldn't you want to connect and get together? Um, and it's less about pitching a product and more about our values align, we should know each other. Are you available for a coffee? I'd love to find out this and this and this. And here's something that's coming up for us and and approach it from that perspective as opposed to um, I have a product and I think you should buy it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, awesome. And uh, you did mention a sizzle reel. I'd like to know what that is, please. (laughs) Well, it's a little bit cheesy, um, but I do sort of, say to people when I first meet them that I am a professional connector of the dots um, you know and I do sort of function I am in the commercial team but I bring together different parts of our business um, you know working with our editorial product digital um, marketing customer customer office teams for example on this life and style um, revamp project 
So, yeah, I guess that's sort of, um, you know, something that I do often say. I, I genuinely get a bit of a giggle out of people when I say that too, which is always quite satisfying to see. So you would be working with, you know, you'd, you'd work with some big organisations and smaller companies. I'm, I'm keen to know from a from a publisher's point of view, what do big companies know that small ones don't or the other way around? Well, I've been thinking about that recently because I also had, used to have a, um, you know, I have worked in small businesses as well too, mm. um, both in the publishing industry, but also, you know, I did co-found a coffee shop in Delhi at one point um, too which was a whole experience all on its own. But <laughs> I'm not sure about what big companies know versus small businesses um, because both bring such different things to the table. Mm. Um, but, you know, it has to be said that the biggest benefit for a larger company is simply having the breadth and scale, both of size and of knowledge and yeah, one of the early on in this, um, you know, coffee shop in Delhi that I helped co-found at one point, and I know that sounds quite random when I've had such a career in media, but it is good to have different interests at times. Um, <laughs> was that, um, you know, that idea of not being afraid to actually pay money to outsource um, to somebody else, like an accountant who actually knows what the heck they're doing. And they've been studying for years to do it. Yes. So, um, yeah, I, I do have to say in a larger company that, um, you know, an appreciation of both in-house and out-house goes hand in hand, depending on, you know, what capability is there. And do you, when when you were in, in running your own business, did you approach your budgets in a way that was different to the way your big customers did? Actually, it was quite similar. <laughs> Okay, okay. You know, in the sense that, and this is when I really love, I, look, I love working with um, brands that are pretty transparent around what their sale, their own sales targets and goals are, revenue targets yeah. are. It yeah. always makes it so much easier because then mm. we can actually just all muck in and ladder back to that. But from that point of view, it's very similar. You know, you have a minimum goal that you actually need to reach or target. Mm -hmm. Um <clears throat> And the two align quite nicely from that point of view. It's actually quite similar in a way. And I do have to say that it was really good to, um, you know, be involved with a smaller business in that way because it gives you a lot of understanding for what lots of businesses go through in terms of feeling, you know, oh, my God, I have to reach a certain criteria to actually yeah, achieve absolutely. what I need to achieve to pay yeah. the bills at the end of the yeah. day. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. yeah. And with with salespeople, one of one of the things I've um, chatted about with some previous guests has been how best to set up a sales team for success. So, in your opinion, what what are the best ways to approach? I suppose let's talk about incentives. How 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 do you best incentivize a sales team? Well, I think the first thing that you need to do is to actually um, create some excitement, you know, mm -hmm. and bring everyone on the journey in terms of what it is that we're setting out to achieve. Because it comes back to that thing that, yes, um, salespeople are naturally wired to kick some goals, and we all want to do that. Mm. But at the end of the day, if someone doesn't believe in what it is that they're actually out there promoting, then they're not going to kick those goals. So what, what happens when um, times are tough? So let's, so let's say, you know, for news media, when the first, you know, when COVID first came and there was the first lockdown, that would have been pretty scary times. How How do you keep 
sales and commercial people kind of motivated at times like that? Well, you know, first of all, uh, I think that we're pretty fortunate that we've got such a wonderful, awesome bunch of human beings. You know, <laughs> everyone everyone genuinely wants to do good. Um, and, and there's a level of care there as well, too, that is certainly felt across our company. Um, regular check-ins with each other in a way that suits the team. Yeah. You know, being mindful that some people, you know, a lot of people have children at home and, you know, there's this rate of adjustment that, um, you know, people are actually coping with um, mm. and trying to deal with. And I think it's so important to have that level of care but also being quite, you know, open around, okay, well, what, what can we achieve? And let's sort of, let's put forward some bite-sized pieces in terms of direction. But um, for us, you know, when it's things like lockdowns and things, we're really interested in making sure that our customers are taken care of, that everybody is okay and um, just being as adaptable as possible. Um, but, yeah, I think I think sort of caring for each other and, and um, you know, looking after one another is, is first and foremost for me. Yeah, nice. Nice. Well, okay. And this is this has been a fantastic discussion. Thank you. Um, I think what what I'd like to ask you one last question is if you if you could give our listeners a single piece of advice that they could go in action tomorrow morning, from all of your years of experience, what would that be? Well, there's two things that I want to that I want to give as a key takeaway. The first thing is something that I've actually really only started implementing in the last 18 months, and it's made a massive difference to my life. Um, and without sounding too much like a hippie bean, I would like <laughs> to say that sort of practicing that intentional awareness, you know, observing, having space for yourself would be the biggest tip. Actually, space is massive for me because both in terms of, you know, having analytical and creative thinking response time to briefs or clients, mm. um, but also sort of outside of work time, you know, thinking about giving yourself that space to exercise, to think, um, meditation, whatever it might be, but actually really becoming aware of, of how you feel and your thoughts and therefore your responses um, okay. is just slowing it down a touch, I think, is a massive tip that I've noticed a major um, positive change in, in my life um, from all aspects and certainly in work. And then I'm doing this new thing in a COVID um, working from home environment as my second tip, um, <laughs> which sounds really simple. But unless I've got something massive that I'm working on, I really try to focus on three bigger things a day to make sure that I achieve those. And then everything else around that, meetings, um, you know, whatever it might be, random inquiries and stuff like that. But, you know, tick those main three things off and you actually feel like you're making um, leaps ahead. Because what can happen in the coronavirus, you know, work from home situation is you're trying to be all things to all people mm. a lot of the time. So, mm. um, yeah, I just keep that focus, write that list, my work list and my life list. Every morning, and uh, away we go from there. Do you reckon that's something you're going to carry on after lockdown? Oh yeah, I've been doing that since lockdown last year. Brilliant, brilliant. <laughs> um, so it's quite life changing. It's sort of about putting boundaries in place too, and, and they say that psychologically, you know, ticking off a list is really beneficial. So um, yeah, it's working working for me so far. Love it, and thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Take care. 
Thanks for listening to this episode of the NZ Sales and Marketing Insider. If you liked it, you can follow the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app for fortnightly episodes. For other great New Zealand podcasts, head over to podcasts.nz. And if it's IT expertise you're after, then make your way to gorillatechnology.com. See you next time.